So since we need a uh, dry intro stuff, uh, I got a new washer dryer uh, this this week. <laughs> Which was quite the experience. Um, this the, the 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 company that was supposed to deliver it. I didn't realize they were going to deliver it until the first of January. And then this this guy with a very thick Polish accent calls me, and he's just like, "Hey, we're, we're, we're and I can't even do it." But he's like, "We're, we're gonna like we're calling from this and this company, your uh, landlord, and said her name, and he's just like, uh, ordered a new washer dryer for your unit, and so we're gonna come and deliver it tomorrow." And I was like. Okay, cool. Well, at what time? And they confirmed the time. Like, sweet. So, and they're like, we'll also remove the old one because the old one had like a crack in the back of the the, the barrel for the for the dryer, so it was like tearing clothing occasionally. Um, and it was like it was fine. It worked most of the time. It was just kind of loud. Was really the issue. Um, anyway, so they they show up and uh, they they take the old units out, and one of the and, and it's 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 a it's two guys working right, and it's a younger guy and an older guy. And the younger guy walks in. And he goes, Oh my god, do you make YouTube videos? <laughs> like, my setup Maybe. isn't exactly incognito it's like a triple monitor setup with like multiple cameras a big ass microphone I'm like yeah is that obvious <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he starts talking to me about clash of clans and genshin impact while he's like taking apart my my uh my dry washer dryer unplugs the whole thing puts it on a dolly and wheels it out the window out, out the door great um two minutes later he sheepishly comes back in with his co-worker and he's like so we can't install your new washer dryer today I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, well, we opened up the the box and uh, it got crushed in uh, shipping somewhere. Like, I'm like, great. So it's like just destroyed. And they're like, yeah, it's it's destroyed. They're like, it's one in fifty. Apparently, this happens. To how me. do they not notice from the box that and it's how do crushed? Destroy a freaking washing and drying. Like, how? So, <laughs> I, I have a friend who works in warehousing, and he says like any number of things could happen, but it's usually like a fridge got dropped on it. <laughs> oh gosh! Um, so, all right. Like he works, he works in like appliance warehousing, and he's like, "Yeah, it's one in fifty. One in fifty appliances get destroyed somewhere in the shipping line." Wow. Um, and uh, so I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." I'm like, "So wh when can you deliver uh, the that, that actual one?" And he, he's just like, "Well, the warehouse is closed until the third, so we'll we'll deliver it on um on Tuesday, which is which is the third. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll be streaming, but like." like it'll be okay and um so then then they come back around on the, on the third and they they deliver the, the, the washer dryer and everything's fine while i'm streaming so i'm sitting here just like talking at chat while there's just like two guys installing a, a washing machine like right across me and then when they're finally done I, I get up and i go over and like this is the fanciest washer dryer i think i've ever seen in my life it's got like a touch screen on it and stuff it's it's crazy like the tech in this thing um it's got like soft led lights when you open the door it like lights up the inside and um <laughs> Crazy tech in this thing. And, he, and one of the guys is just like, dude, this is so cool. I just got to install a washer dryer while someone was streaming on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy working with him, he goes, so you fucking children. And then he's just like, it, it, and he points at his boss and he goes, if everybody in the world was like him, none of you would have a job because nobody would think video games are cool. Yeah. That reminds me. Of yeah. the story when I'm when we moved into this house and I was because I, we I have my setup in the living room right and it's also like as you said really noticeable and um, the door to the garden was like um, not opening properly like it was catching on something so we had somebody come around to fix the door um, and uh, obviously they also showed up like in the middle of my stream and I was just sitting here and they were just they were like kneeling outside looking in and just looking and like. Just also like really confused, and then when they were done, they came over. So 
so what are you doing here right now? I'm like, yeah, well, so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm live streaming right now. All of those people over there in the chat, they're all watching right now. And I'm playing this game. And there's this whole back and forth about how cool this is. And I just turn it into like a YouTube video <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. Yeah. But there, he there was, was also, definitely yeah. a part of me that was tempted to be like, hey, dude, come over here. <laughs> I'm but I, I didn't really want to mess with their work schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But yeah, no, I, I've had that experience as well. And it's. It's really funky in a way because it's like you know you sit in your little room like not doing anything and then you have people come by and they're just like oh my god your job's like so cool like my butt hurts i've been sitting here for eight hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway time to um, use that standing desk yeah definitely yeah. Not, wasn't that day but um you know what doesn't get live streamed on the internet is episode 51 of the halcyon frequency podcast airing january 7th 2023 that's the year that it is right now i'm blind and i'm hosting we got a bit of a full house today because we're going to be doing our favorite games from last year non-specific order non-specific <laughs> year game came out just our favorite games that we played last year so i'm going to start up at the top with introductions here 2d curie is here how are you hello i'm all right thank you uh bellinaire is also here how's things i am here yes i'm doing good i'm doing good not sick anymore and which is great FG squared is beneath me, and uh, she held up this whole recording with the biggest hype train in history. How's things? Yeah, I apologize once again. This is indeed the the podcast that we're recording after the level nineteen hype train. Um, I have not recovered, but I'm here, and I am most certainly the most awake I've been all day now. <laughs> did the hype train double tap? Yes, yes, it did. Okay, very much Good. so. Rule number two of Zombieland. Yep. Uh, not a rule of Zombieland, but uh, also present at this podcast is Whoa Jess. How's things? I do not like zombies, but mm -hmm. okay. I'm okay. I'm sleepy, but I'm, I'm here. I, like I'm like zombies. FGM tired. If you don't like zombies, that's why you double tap. Make sure they're dead. Yeah, I guess so. So like, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this is going to be a little bit of a, a different episode to our normal episodes of this podcast. Uh, we are talking about our favorite games of the year. So we need to kind of figure out how we're going to roundtable this because, you know, there's five of us in this room and we each have selected three games. So I'm assuming that we've written them in this document in roughly the order that we want to talk about them. So should we just kind of start at the bottom of the list and work up, start at the top and work down? How, how do we want to do this? I may have done them, them in reverse. <laughs> Roll a die. In reverse. Okay. But it doesn't really matter, the order, to be honest. Okay. Well, we can, we can talk about our, our games in the order that they overlap as well. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out ordering here because this was not something that we discussed before we started recording. <laughs> Shall we just go on? Let's go. Like round in a circle, go. and then if there's overlap, the other person weighs in as well. Okay, yeah. do we want to go in the order that it's listed in, in the document, like person speaking, or in the order that we are in the chat room here? I think the chat room might be fine. Okay. Jess, pick a game. I'm at the what bottom! Talk about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, my first game on my list was Dorf Romantic. Which nobody else put down. I think yeah, if I we were doing top tens, Dorf Romantic would have been around seven or eight for me. Yeah, same for me. 
I just I don't know how much into de too detail to go because I know we are on a limit. Talk about <laughs> talk about the game. Talk about why you liked the game, and talk about why the game is on your list. Hmm. And sure. Any of us that played the game can also bounce off and talk back at you about the game and why we liked or disliked the game as well. Sure. Well, okay. So, Dwarf Romantic is a peaceful building strategy puzzle game developed and published by Tucana Interactive. It was released into its full uh, 1.0 version in April of 2022. And since then, it has gotten uh, like overwhelmingly positive reviews. I have loved every iteration of Dwarf Romantic, but 1.0 was really wonderful. And so the, the main game, the main goal of the game is to uh, basically get as many points as possible while playing by placing tiles in a way that satisfies the quests issued by the game. And so this works out to form amazing landscapes and cityscapes, and you build your own beautiful world. And I think this is kind of why I like it so much. Like, it's, it's so wonderful to look at. It's just very, very peaceful. And it's a, a great way to pass some time. And also, it can be kind of an idle game, if you know what I mean, because you don't have to play. It's not on a timer. You just kind of let it sit. Yeah. And so it's a really good game to take breaks to or just get lost in. I, just, I, I, it's just such a good game. Yeah. I love the little world you can create. One of the my art is beautiful. Go on, go on, Carrie. Oh, sorry. It was just the art is beautiful. That's my input. One of my favorite things about Dorf Romantic is the kind of way it separates people. It's like, it's either, oh, this game is so relaxing and wonderful, or, oh my God, this game is stressful. And it really, like, you see the two <laughs> different personality types clash. It's really <laughs> I'm cut at the both ends. Like, it starts chill, but then it's like, I need this piece to yeah. complete this thing, and I, I need to get this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, it, it does get stressful as you go, but that's the puzzle aspect. Yeah. And I just mm. I just love puzzle games, so I, th I think that's why for me it is both like challenging and relaxing at the same time. I feel really. Go on. I was just gonna say I feel really bad when it comes to Dolph Romantic because I. Com I didn't forget about the game, not at all, because I actually just a couple of days ago played around. But... I saw that. I completely forgot. Like for me, it's already like so long ago that it came out that I totally put it into 2021, like games releasing and playing, even though I played probably tens of hours of the game. I also thought it was 2021, but I um, was scrolling through my my list of games played by um, recent activity mm. and was like, oh, this was 2022. All right, yeah. it's on my list. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot. <laughs> FG, do you want to pick a game? Off your yeah, list? yeah. Uh, I actually have games on my list that nobody else has. Um, so the, the, the first one I'm going to pick is Potionomics. So potion I'm willing to bet if Arch or Sui were here, Potionomics would be on their list. Sui would probably put it on, I would, I would guess, yeah. Probably. I would as well if I actually played it. Uh, I love the demo, though. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so Potionomics is uh, obviously a potion brewing game, but it has more. Uh, it has a um, has more of a story than, say, for example, Potion Craft. So you play as this character who takes over the the potion shop from their supposedly dead uncle, 
and uh, the uncle left her with lots of debt. So she has to like make uh, potions to pay off the debt. And uh, at each at the end of each week, I believe it was, um, because the debt is so big and like the, she has to consecutively just pay bigger and bigger amounts back of the entire debt. Um, they funnily enough coincide with the prize money for the competitions that happen at the end of each week. And um, so you have to win those competitions to like get back your, um, you know, to, to pay off the debt and p to be able to keep the shop and keep working there, basically. And um, the game has, so it has like a brewing mini game. It has a haggling mini game that's actually a card based game turn-based card game which um uh i actually really enjoyed and i say that as somebody who doesn't enjoy card games at all and um what actually really got me there was like i like really like the art because it's like the super cartoony style which is totally not everybody's uh cup of tea but i really liked it and the writing was just Oh, I don't know. I laughed so many times during the game just because the writing was so funny and the characters were so funny and cute and just kind of adorable. And I don't know. It's just, overall, it was a really, really, really wholesome experience. The only thing is there is a little bit of a, um, a, a time factor. There's like time pressure because you have to win those competitions and you have to get ready. So you have to make the the potions to win the competition to be able to get the money. So you can't take your time to do it but um uh besides that it was just such a fun experience i don't know i i really enjoyed it and i totally didn't realize that this game was coming out as like bell i played the demo and then i was like oh my god this game is amazing when is this coming out oh in two weeks oh my god this is great let's go it's like an actual demo not a vertical slice pitch yeah yep yep no it was really good all right, I guess I'm next in the list. Uh, so I'm going to talk about another game that I don't think anybody else here played this year, um, or last year, rather, uh, which is Atari 50. This came out in November. Um, and this this is a kind of a, a weird one because it's it's a game collection, right? It's And why would you be putting a game collection on your top three? Well, so this is Digital Eclipse. This isn't a normal game collection. Digital Eclipse is pretty well known for putting out various different anniversary collections of games. They recently did the Calabunga and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collection. Um, they also did the Street Fighter Anniversary collection, which had a bunch of different Street Fighter games in it, the Disney Classics collection, the SNK 40th Anniversary collection, and various other collections in the past. And the thing about Digital Eclipse collections is it's not just, here's these games, go play them. They package them with things. They package them with concept art, and in some cases, interviews with developers. And Atari 50 isn't, is, is more than that. Atari 50 is an interactive museum. It includes high-quality 3D renders of original box arts, original manuals, um, original marketing material um, from Atari, every era of Atari, starting all the way back in like the Pong and arcade days when everything was still black and white, all the way up through the, the console days, the home computer days, um, the Atari Lynx days when they had handheld consoles, through the video game crash, and then into modern day. Um, and the game has, it has a ridiculous number 
of included game classics from every era of Atari, from arcade all the way up through um, every era. So it has the, those very well presented and emulated games, but it also includes a handful of reimagined games. So there's a game called Vector Sector, which is like uh, asteroids on crack. There is um, a, a Haunted House Remastered, which is kind of the, the 2D platformer Haunted House game, but all prettied up and plays like a modern indie game that you would spend $5 on. Um, there is a uh, a remake of Breakout, um, which is just a really good breakout. You know, you, you bounce the ball back and forth and you knock, you knock stuff down. There's a, a Yars Revenge remake, which is super flashy and psychedelic and a lot of fun. And I just, I like arcade games. And so it's, it, it's for me, it's, it's a collection of a bunch of neat arcade games, but I'm also an uber nerd about game preservation and um, just the history of games. And I love listening to developers talk about games. And there's something that's kind of neat seeing all of these Atari developers that are, you know, in like their 50s to 70s in some cases now, like these guys are getting up there. Um, talking about games that they made in the 80s and how games were made in the 80s. And like, you know, th these were just, these were engineers, not game designers being told, okay, make a thing move on the screen and make it fun. You have two weeks. And it, like hearing them talk about how they designed the boards and making all of that just in an archival sense is fascinating. The collection of games is absolutely unparalleled. It's phenomenal. And uh, the reimagined games are a fun little kind of cherry on top. Um, and I've had a lot of fun watching it over the past week. I've, I've put like two hours into the thing now. Um, just almost all in all of that was just spent watching these documentaries, but it also just the interactive nature of it is just super engaging because like, as you're going through these different sections of like the museum section of the game where it's just like you're watching videos and then it'll bump you into live gameplay. You play a little bit of the game and then it'll bump you back into more videos and then you'll have um, concept art in between. You get little achievements for going through the different sections of the museum. It's it's just a super enjoyable timeline of history interspersed with well-presented archives of games from that time period combined with just it's just a lovely package. I'm I'm extremely happy with it. Yeah, hopefully there's gonna be more <laughs> similar things. Uh, like recording the history is really important, and like you said, yeah. those people who are were working on this are they're getting older, and if you don't record it now, it's gonna be gone in like ten, twenty years. Uh, there's no one to yeah. remember. And and a lot of these guys are still working in the industry too. Like it, it'll say like their their name, like where they worked previously, and then so, in some cases where they're currently working. Like some of these guys are like working at Epic, and it's yeah. like. Mm. They 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 were working on arcade games at Atari in the in the seventies. So that's very cool. It's neat. It's a bit on the pricey side, which is I think why it didn't make a bigger splash. And also, it's Atari, which makes it hard for it to make a bit of a splash because a lot of people look at Atari collections and they they shy away. Um, also, but I, it's it's sorry. easily worth the price of admission. Like I feel like I I bought my way into a museum. Go on, FG. I was just gonna say like um I love like retro games and that sort of stuff. But like Atari was also not so big in mm -hmm. places outside of North America. Like for example, totally. in Europe, like I don't know anybody who actually had an Atari. Like even like neither do I actually. Like yeah. my generation was older than me. I one and I played a little bit uh, as well. But I definitely like other Commodores and some of the other ones. Uh, for, yeah. for the, the main connection I have with Atari was just through the arcade games. Because like when I was going to arcades when I was younger, there was still like you know Centipede. Galaga. Yeah, see, arcades are also not a thing in Europe, so... No. Yeah. 
Yeah. There was they no, weren't there... really a thing for me either. Yeah, so no connection there, unfortunately. Though some Atari games are actually really fun. Like, I've been watching, like, I, I mostly, like, consume Atari through, like, watching, like, retro game collectors and doing videos about, the like, those games. And, like, you know, they go out and obviously, like, go buy up the games and whatnot. And there's some really cool games on that system. It's just I don't have a personal connection to it. Mine starts with the consoles after that, and but but then simultaneously with like Commodore, yeah, with the Commodore and that sort of stuff. Like those were like the gaming machines at the time, like in Germany at least. Bellinair, do you want to pick something from your list? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I I have a little curveball as well, and I picked a Warhammer in like the whole war of Warhammer, all of it. Because <laughs> they had uh, several games this year. There was a Total War. Warhammer 3, there was Dark Tide, there was a, uh, what was the Teeth, Blood, Shooters, Shooters, Blood, Teeth. There was uh, yeah. DLCs for several of the games. Chaos Gate got one, uh, Gladius got one, and a bunch of them. <laughs> what the bunch of them got one? Hammer. Yeah, there was a lot of it there. Uh, and uh, then uh, they also released uh, on like the miniature side, which I got back into myself on June, so six months is now. And I've been painting and uh, modeling uh, off stream mostly as a kind of hobby. But they also released a. Uh, Horus Heresy, which is the 30k version of Warhammer. They released that uh, as the board game, and they released a bunch of other uh, like new things. And then there's, of course, like um, just not the games that came out this year, which I played a lot. Like Total War Warhammer 3 was my most streamed game this year, surprisingly. <laughs> I, I didn't oh. expect I played it that much, but apparently oh, I played too. quite a lot. And I really enjoyed it. I'm like, I kind of want to go back now that I looked at it. It's like, uh, why, why didn't I play more of this? Um, but yeah, they all, the, there's also like a, uh, they announced the TV series with Henry Cavill. There's a new edition of the uh, Warhammer 40k 10th edition coming next year, and a bunch of other things. Like they are, they've been having like a really amazing year this year, and it seems to be going into the next year. Like the Warhammer is a hobby; it's just exploding. And I imagine once that TV series comes out, it's gonna be like even bigger. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, probably my one of my big highlights this year. As a gaming. I mean, I was just, I was just gonna say really briefly, and it's gonna continue this year too, right? Because Rogue Trader and that sort of stuff is all also oh, yeah, coming yeah. out. Rogue Trader, yeah. uh, Space Marine too, uh, and so on is coming out as well. Ooh, Space Marine, yeah, I didn't even think about that. God, I'm so excited about Space Marine. <laughs> yeah, the first game <laughs> don't was be amazing. bad, please don't be bad. You know. <laughs> You know what that just wants me to be like? I just want to see Total Biscuit play Space Marine too. Mm. I want Total Biscuit to play a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, and comment on a lot of things. But yeah, man, his video on NFTs would have been fantastic. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Dang. Kiri, do you want to select something from your list? Yeah. So I put Car Shark on there because I thought it was just absolutely amazing how the gameplay worked. It was super innovative. So it's a game where you learn car tricks and how to cheat at carts and you play through a story and the game teaches you. So you could actually then take a set of cards and and do that trick, except for I can't because it's too difficult to, to remember. But it's super cool how it worked and it's got really nice art style as well. And there are different, different difficulty settings. So I started out as at medium I was okay for the beginning and then I had to reduce it too easy because it just got too difficult. But it was really, I was impressed how they 
how to make those mechanics work. And I was playing with a controller, which was really good. It was fascinating just learning about card tricks and cheating and how it works and shuffle and fold and I don't know what. So that was super, super cool. I really wanted to play this one. And I don't remember why I didn't. I think I requested a key and then never heard back. I think I was in oh. the same boat, actually. And I just kind of forgot about it, but I really, really, really wanted to play it. Yeah, yeah it's a cool yeah. game. And it's it's not that long, but the story is, is cool with unexpected plot twists. So it's, it's a good journey with amazing gameplay. This is going to have been the year to be easy to forget games because there's been so many good games and so many things mm. to play. Oh, yeah. Yep. So th I think that there's a real world where Card Shark becomes my game of the year for 2023 that came out in 2022. Because I also really want to play Card Shark, but like we said earlier, it just kind of got mm -hmm. caught in the in the wake of things. But I seem to remember there was also like a lot of games coming out around that exact time as well. Like it was yeah. a busy season, so it was easy to miss stuff. But you know, it's 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 made by a developer that's been around for a while. They made the Reigns games before, um, which are actually games I've played on my phone. So it'd be fun to play another one of their games. So now since we've looped around, Jess, what's your, what is your second pick for favorite game of 2022? Well, you might have seen that my list grew because while FG was talking, <laughs> I thought of another game. <laughs> and so I guess it come, I'll let you guys pick. Do you want to hear about... The one that I enjoyed streaming or the one that I just personally enjoyed? Jess's favorite games of 2022. I want to yeah. know about Jess. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I enjoyed them both. Kind of both. Just one was a really good stream experience. But so just what it is, Domekeeper and Cult of the Lamb. <laughs> um, I don't know which one to talk about. Both. Both. Do both. Just no, we don't have time. Do, do, do <laughs> quick, quick fire. Do one, and then make the other one a rapid fire. Okay. Honorable mentions. Yeah. So my my second-ish, it's like in the middle, favorite game this past year to play was Domekeeper, which was a wave-based survival mining game, kind of tower defense-y. Uh, it released in September of 2022, and it was super satisfying to play, really beautiful to look at, and it was difficult. But you were tasked with protecting your dome from waves of attacking monsters. You do this by mining the earth below your dome. You collect resources. You deliver them back to your dome to issue upgrades. And in the version I played, the ultimate goal was to unearth an artifact and deliver it back to the dome to escape the planet. But I think there might have been some updates since. But this one just, I love games where you dig. I just, I really do. They're just so fun to me. You dig and them? And so... Yeah, I dig them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I, I don't know what it is. I just like, if I dig in it, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of and the so, game Motherloader, Mother which was amazing back in the day as well. No, oh, I haven't heard oh, of shit, it. Oh shit, I played Motherload. Yeah, Motherload was amazing. And this one reminded me of that. And I was like, oh yes, this is, is going to be good. I played the demo and I loved it. And then did, I played did, the full version as well. Oh God, what is the name? I'm, I'm going to think of a game in about 10 minutes and then randomly scream it out. Load Runner. That's the game. Yes, Load Runner is great as well. <laughs> Old game. Yep, I played that. You know why? Yeah, Chad actually was telling me that I need to play Motherload. They said if you like it. this game, you, you need to play Motherload. Yeah, if yeah, you like Dome Keeper, you will love Motherload as well. 
You know what the worst thing is? I completely forgot about Domekeeper. <laughs> I feel so bad because I love that game too and I didn't put it on my list and now I feel horrible. That's the second game I've mentioned that you said that, FG. Yeah. So now, Jess, do you want to hit us with your honorable mention? Sure. Uh, that would be Cult of the Lamb, which I know a lot of us had issues with and I, mm -hmm. I shared those concerns like um, uh, simulation sickness stuff and also coloring issues. But all that aside... Um, I really enjoyed it. It is kind of hard to classify in my mind, like what kind of genre it is, because it has two different phases. Like you would have your base building slash farming slash, um, you know, like decorating phase, and then you would have your dungeon crawling phase, and it bounced so, between those really nicely. Where's the motion sickness phase? Um, <laughs> all over. Okay, just check. <laughs> it just has screen shake that you can't disable, and uh, just. Iffy stuff like the background moves weirdly and whatnot. The camera um, moves the entire time. It yes. even if you yeah. stand still. Mm -hmm. So I I named the game the most disappointing of 2022. No. Yeah. I I, I could see yep. that. The of it make me motion sick. Because I, I would have loved it. It's like the whole gameplay loop is really cool. I like the art style as well, and just ah, I'm so sad. Yeah, I can't I actually, play it. I had to for parts of the game, like just avert my eyes. Like I can't, I can't look at what I'm doing right now, and I would just talk mm. to chat. But I really enjoyed it oh. because for streaming, due to the integration, it had really fantastic integration that bugged out the first couple of days. But basically, chat could um, join into a, uh, a, a a a a queue basically, and then I would draw names. You could through the integration, and then they were able to. If they were selected, um, design their character, like choose how they looked and everything, and then they would join the cult, and you could interact with them, and it was really, really, really neat. Like chat loved it, and they got so invested in the playthrough, and it was just a fun time. That's why it was—I think it was my most streamed game of the year. Wow, cool! It's definitely the sound designer of the year that came out. All the sound. Oh yeah, the soundtrack is amazing. good. FG, can you select a game off your list? Yes. Uh, number two for me was Dinkum, which uh, kind of came out of nowhere, I think, for everybody, because it, like, it's like a single dev game, and it just kind of appeared, and like no promotion, no streamer key giveaways or anything like that, and I want to say I saw somebody play, and I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. There was nothing else around it, so this came out I want to say, Ju yeah, July, and there was not early access, right? Yeah, yeah, it's early access, yeah. and there was nothing else, like, like there was nothing really around it that came out that I wanted to play, and I was just like, all right, this kind of looks cool. The bit in uh, Animal Crossinging, cr Crossinging, Crossy, Crossy, I don't know. It's like Animal Crossing in a way. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna check this out. I'm gonna buy it for one stream. It's not very expensive. I'm just gonna buy it and see how I like it. And then I played it for like a bajillion hours uh, mm -hmm. by now. I've played 70 hours. So Dinkum, so so Dinkum is actually an Australian slang. So this is actually an Australian slang. It's by one person, James Benden. And um it's like Animal Crossing, um, but with a free cam, 3D, and what if it were Australia? So everything and also is Minecraft. 
a little bit Minecrafty because yeah, it's 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 not voxel based, but the I guess the 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 ground is like the terraforming because you dig out cubes you dig out and blocks then, and you place blocks. You play block, yeah, but nothing else is voxel based because everything else in Minecraft is yeah. voxel based, right? But yeah, in this game, it's only oh god, there's a cat. Um, sorry, <laughs> I got entered by a cat. Um, anyways, um, it's just. It's like a sleeper hit for me because it came out of nowhere and I, I want to love Animal Crossing, but I just don't. For some reason, I just can't get into it and I want to love it. But I loved Dinkum. It's so fun to play. Get all your villages on there. Design. I normally hate designing in, in games. Like, um, you give me like a base to design and it just gets so tedious. But in Dinkum, I'm like upset that there is not enough Decor different decoration things for me to decorate with which is so unusual for me <laughs> and i don't know it's just ah oh, it's so good it's it's one person that also makes it really impressive um it's it's early access it's somewhat slow to update it has had one big update where they added one new villager that you could get on your island so everybody gets an island that is randomly generated um and they've added one new villager that you can get. There was a there was a small Christmas update with some Christmas decorations that you could get. You could meet Santa, uh, chilling at the beach. Um, but yeah, so development is a bit slow. But it's it's if you love Animal Crossing and you just want more freedom and you want no not being tied to the real time clock, which is so ah oh, love it. It just has normal like just just days kind of move like in Stardew. Uh, it's just I love it. It's so good. It's uh, I want to play more of it. There's just not much. Uh, there's just nothing I can do right now, and I want to play more of it. So fun. <laughs> you know, as somebody who really likes base building, I actually didn't really enjoy it that much in Dinkum. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I, it was just really tedious. Yeah, it's quite slow for sure. I really enjoyed I loved it. Dinkum as well, and uh, yeah, I really liked like playing it. But uh, for some reason, I went and played something else, uh, and I, that's one of the games I really want to go go back from this year. Yeah, same bell. It, it very much yeah. seems like a like a a vibes game and less of a progression game. Yeah, absolutely. If you're playing it for the vibes, it just works. If you're playing it for the progression, go play any other game like it. I mean, it yeah, definitely it's... has a, like, that progression thing as well, because you unlock new things uh, when you get the new villagers and new tech and so on. So you do get some of that as well. Yeah, it's just, it's just right. very slow and chill. It's like one of, those, it's one of those games where it's like super good. You just play it, chill, and chat with Chad. It's great for that. Mm -hmm. So is it my turn to take one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So if we were doing these in top threes, but it's in no particular order, this would actually be my favorite game of the year. Uh, this is Citizen Sleeper. Uh, Citizen Sleeper was a game that I got extraordinarily excited about uh, when I saw the initial footage because it had many things I love in role-playing games. It had dice, it had long, um, large amounts of character dialogue, and it was a sci-fi setting. And I just, I loved the immediate aesthetic, and it was from a develop. it's from a developer named Jump Over the Age, who made a game called In Other Waters, which was a game that I adored about 80% of, and then was extremely bored the rest of it, because it had some pacing issues. It was just, I would say, about two hours longer than I would want a game like In Other Waters to be, which was very much a visual novel. Um, whereas Citizen Sleeper is the 
in my opinion, one of the mo closest thing, possibly the perfect representation of living life with a chronic disability. Um, the way the game works mechanically is it's, it's a dice game where every day you roll your dice and that's the dice you get for the day. And you have to put those dice into different tasks for the day. And depending on the number you get on the dice, that's the odds you have of succeeding said task. Um, oh, that's and, too real. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. <laughs> there, is, there is no failure states in the game. So regardless of what you do, what dice you get, you cannot actually lose and you will always get a canonical ending. Um, and it's not possible to lock yourself out of anything. The game presents it in a way where it seems like there are, like it feels like you're playing an XCOM style game where it feels like there are failure states. There is no failure state. You'll just get a different dialogue box if you fail. Now, the, the, the game itself is utterly goddamn gorgeous. The character art is incredible. The music is beautiful. And it has some of the best writing I've seen in a video game. Just flat. Um, and this is also a year where Norco came out, and I feel similarly about Norco, but this even eclipsed Norco for me. The idea of the game is you are a android-type person with a human consciousness. The human leased their consciousness temporarily to a corporation to put themselves in cryosleep for 200 years, and their current consciousness would be put into this temporary android, and the android then go works in, a, in the mines in, on asteroids. And this android uh, that you play as escapes in an explosion, a rigged explosion, um, because once they're in these android bodies, they realize quite quickly that, oh, when my life ends, I die, and the original me that I'm a copy of gets to live. So very quickly, it's a kind of a conundrum of, well, what do I do? Do I just live out this horrible life of slave labor and then let some other person live? No, I'm going to try and escape. So they're... The game talks about revolutions and various other things, and you escape and you end up on this space station called the Eye, where you're sort of accepted into society but judged at a distance, and you, in order to stay alive, you need uh, prescription meds, which you get from the corporation, which keeps these androids alive, and there's only one person on the station that can get it to you, and they're affiliated with a gang. Good luck. Um, so you're doing odd jobs, working for people, like meeting people, um, it's got kind of a visual novel side to it where there's long dialogue sessions with long splitting dialogue trees, kind of Disco Elysium-esque in that way. Um, but it's extraordinarily engaging. It has some of my favorite characters I've seen in a video game, period. It has some incredible moments, and it's the only game that's managed to get such an emotional reaction out of me. I was on the floor crying, like literally sitting on the floor against my dresser crying while streaming um, so like <laughs> this is a a game that i'm looking forward to play through a second time um to try and get a different ending but i'm simply waiting until i forget enough of it that um i can just simply enjoy the dialogue again i'll be playing through it again in a couple of months probably yeah um citizen sleeper was a um uh what's the word so game makers toolkit mark brown it was a, an honorable mention. There we go. For a game maker's toolkit, Citizen Sleeper. I want to try it. It's my favorite sci-fi story of the year. It's my favorite story of the year. And one of the most personal stories I think I've ever seen in a video game. So For me, Citizen Sleeper is the game from this year that I want to actually definitely still go and play. Yeah, both of them. Wait, three more months until they get them. the other DLC in. 
there's there's free DLC. They were originally going to charge for them, but there's, uh, I think, four free extra stories that are being added into the main campaign. So just wait wait for that and play it. Sounds it's good. also on Game Pass. Um, Bellinaire, you want to pick something to talk about? Yeah, I can talk about Elden Ring, I guess. <laughs> so uh, I've been <laughs> always a fan of the Souls games, uh, all of the Souls 1, 2, 3. Sekiro. I actually didn't play Bloodborne. I really want to, but since it's a console exclusive, maybe one day we'll get a PC version. But yeah, Elden Ring came out uh, this uh, January, I think. No, not okay. A year ago, January, and um, it pretty much took over my life uh, for a few hundred hours. Uh, and I was I was very uh, suspicious how they're gonna translate um, like Dark Souls. Uh, into an open world because uh, like Dark Souls One especially, it's like a masterpiece of like level design for like action exploration game because everything is like super inter interconnected and you can go different ways and uh, you can p basically pick direction you want to go and uh, then you probably end up uh, where you need to go eventually. And uh, taking that into like a fully open uh, open world, uh, similar to like uh, what the Breath of the Wild and some other games did. Uh, uh, and still keeping that level design, I was very worried uh, that they would have just ruined it, basically. But uh, they do did um, an amazing job uh, making it feel open world, but still have that amazing uh, level design. Uh, some areas are like so just set dungeons uh, that use the old, uh, old design, but even in the open world, uh, it kind of guides you through these paths uh, of like, you see a shiny thing there, you go follow the shiny thing, and then you end up uh, into a nice place and... Uh, find some loot there, and uh, just going around and exploring everything and uh, trying different weapons and all of that, uh, what's part of the Dark Souls uh, experience, just, it's just uh, the same as the old games, but just uh, amplified like 10 times, and it's just literally, definitely was my number one game this year, because of that. I enjoyed watching it. Dark Souls of the Wild. It, it really is. And they're, they're making, <laughs> they are making the new armor core next year. Which I'm really hyped about. I never played a single Armor Core game, but being a fan I of all the other Souls games, that. it's like, yes, please. When I saw the announcement, I just like jumped out of my chair almost. It's like, oh, yes, I <laughs> want this. Like Mechas, which is the, the other thing I'm really into. And then uh, they're, they're making a new version of that. It's like, yes, yes, Mechs please. with sad backpacks and people that whisper at you, let's go. Yeah. And big swords. So that might be my 2023 20, <laughs> game of the year already. <laughs> We'll see. Carrie, do you want to select a game from your list? Yeah. Um, so this one came out in 2013, actually, and I, I was super late to the party, but I wanted to reduce my backlog a bit last year, and I played Papers, Please for the first time. And the the reviews on Steam are overwhelmingly positive. They're not kidding. It's it's amazing. And I don't know. So you, you play as a border control person, and you have to check people's documents. And and I love that as a person who likes lists and correctness. And I just had so much fun going through the rules and then saying, oh, wait, you don't have the required documents. No, you've got to leave. And then playing as Darkiri, being bribed by those people, trying to cross the border, um, not having the required documents, then I take the bribe and I still don't let them pass. So I had added a... <laughs> I know, but I had an amazing time with it. Um, it didn't quite manage to convey the, the feeling of oppressiveness and, I don't know, the, the, 
the world's on fire, everything's horrible. But then afterwards I watched the short film and that was incredible and that made me feel super bad and sad and just everything. But during the game, I just had the best time. <laughs> Fun game. Yeah, Great definitely. Yeah, you might be a, a Finnish bureaucrat. <laughs> <laughs> it feels bad when you see the reports, but don't feel bad at the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Jess, do you want to select a game from your list? Oh, I just thought of another one that's not on my list, but it's a Lucas Pope game. It's too late. And we're we talking know. about Lucas Pope. We're what? running out of time. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, Papers, Please is Lucas Pope, Return of the Oberdin was actually my all-time favorite of 2022. I forgot to put it down. Um, <laughs> it's 2023 now, though. So, uh, you don't <laughs> yeah, get but I, I played your it in 2022, and it, like, how did I forget to mention this one? Um, okay, well then talk about that and erase your other one. <laughs> That's fine. No, but my, but also Dwarf Fortress. Here's the thing. Three games. <laughs> I know, I yeah. You had one job, and that was select three games before. <laughs> before so many good games. I she know. did select I three before we recorded. But like three. Jess? Oh, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not going to talk hard. about it. <laughs> What's the last game on your list? Dwarf Fortress. Okay. Should. Um, well, so I, I made a little note in the document because a bunch of us have this on the list. Well, it's you and me and Belle have it on the list. Yeah, we can knock it all out together. Yeah. Okay, are we all talking Three about Three birds, Fort one now? stone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So why is Dwarf Fortress on your list, Jess? <sighs> I had to think about this one a lot. I was going to say that sigh pretty much says it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, really, I really had to think about it. And I've had a terrible time trying to describe why I can't put this game down. But I think it comes down to this. As a gamer who absolutely loves base building and digging, <laughs> the mm -hmm. mystery behind the exploration of such a deeply simulated fantasy world sets my imagination into overdrive. And by the game's design, I feel completely empowered that to, to make the iteration of my world anything that I want. But then at the same time, I love the fact that my fort is just like nothingness in a whole wide world of actively evolving history. Mm. It's not at all player-centric. The game doesn't react to what the player's doing or the player's choices necessarily. It's just simulating and... Ugh. Yeah, it's I just want to keep playing. Sure. Yesterday I just want to keep playing and I building. a whole family of Ettons and I feel really bad. Oh. <laughs> because the last Etten that showed up was listed as Etten Child and oh. then I realized that its older sister and its mom was on my kill list <laughs> and now I feel real bad. Uh, sounds like Dwarf Fortress. It yeah. was actually the game I started streaming with. Uh, like the first uh, few months or six months, I was in almost nothing but Dwarf Fortress. That was kind of interesting going back uh, after so many years. Uh, and also, outside of streaming, I played uh, like 10, 15 years ago. I literally played thousands of hours of Dwarf Fortress. Uh, and uh, then just didn't uh, for some reason. Uh, and now that uh, there's the Steam with the graphics uh, and actual usable UI which still needs work, to be honest. Um, it's so fun being back to the game and all, all the new stuff that's been added and all the old stuff that's still in there. and Just reliving those memories, but also making new memories with all the, all the new stuff. Uh, like uh, having a uh, Bronze Colossus pick up um, 
a soccer, a woolen soccer, <laughs> and beat half of my fortress dead with that woolen soccer. It was, uh, was an experience. Uh, it was uh, just one-shotting everyone, punching them in the head, and they exploded. Uh, and then I was wondering why it was beating this one boy for, like, days. I was like, oh, that poet is really strong. Why is he surviving this fight so long? And then I noticed that he picked up a soccer, a woolen soccer, and just kept smacking that poet with the soccer repeatedly. <laughs> uh, because like, the soccer doesn't do any damage, really. It was just lying on the ground. Just slap, 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 slap. And then, then I thought it was good. That, ah, it's welding a sock. I'm going to send my army. Because it's not going to kill everyone. <laughs> Guess again. <laughs> mm -hmm. It can also kick, oh, no. apparently. So I just kept kicking, kicking everyone, uh, and uh, everyone died. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I had a bronze colossus attack, and its signature move was knocking somebody down and kicking them in the head till they died. Yeah. Oof. And it just made its way through the fort, kicking everyone in to death in the head. And it was just like, this is brutal. It's like a cheesy Street Fighter 2 player. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my, my experience was, because I actually was watching Bell, and I was like, wait, are you having the same thing that happened to me? Because I had an, a Glacier Titan that was made out of iron, that was locked in a fight with an echidna on the edge of the map for two years straight. So that's a bug, <laughs> I can explain. It is a bug, I know, I know it's a bug, but the echidna also didn't die um, because it was also hitting it with an alpaca wool shirt. <laughs> and I, I know technically the bug with echidnas is that they roll up into a ball, but this one didn't even roll up into a ball. It was just <laughs> locked in a fight with them because the, the the glacier titan didn't do enough damage and by the by the thing it was done like the echidna's like stamina skill was so big it took the echidna three years to recover enough stamina to get up and walk away i'm gonna just say this um dwarf fortress is on my, is on my list because it's on it's dwarf fortress and this is the only time i really get to put dwarf fortress on my list as a new release <laughs> so I don't think I need to explain more than that. I'm sure we'll talk about Dwarf Fortress many more times in sure. yeah. this podcast going forward. Uh, so, FG, could you tell we'll us do. your last game on your list? Yeah. Quick note, DF is also technically on my list, just not in the top three. Um, <laughs> but it's on the top seven list, so I have a video on YouTube. Um, but my top game of the year actually is a game that came out in, like, February. And while everybody was, like, busy streaming, like, Elden Ring and playing that, I just played Expeditions Rome, which is um, a CRPG. Um, it's the third in the Expedition series. So there's Conquistador, Viking, and then Rome. And um, so it's a CRPG, but it's fully voiced. So all characters are voice acted, which is so amazing for streaming. Otherwise, I wouldn't have even picked it up for streaming because too much text to read out. And... Um, it's an alternate history. Basically, the main character um, goes to Asia Minor with Caesar and Caesar, like Julius Caesar, and Caesar gets killed. And then you take Caesar's place, basically, and kind of history plays out around that. And then you can become emperor later or not. And there's there's a whole bunch of like lots and lots of hijinks ensue and all that sort of stuff. And it was just, I love CRPGs. And it was voice acted and it had an amazing Twitch integration that kept chat like super engaged because people could do things um, to your battlefield and they could, you know, spend bits to do more stuff and set fire. And it was just, oh, the game itself was just so fun. I really liked the characters. Um, 
it was just like overall like a story where i just felt like oh my god it's like it's like the feeling you get after reading a good book it's like i just had a i this was an experience and it was just so really i just loved it so much like from start to finish it was just so fun and um the the sad thing is there's also a little bit a tiny bit the biggest disappointment of the year because the studio that made the expeditions games after expeditions realm came out they disbanded they put themselves together with some other people and they made a new game studio to make nft games so we're never going to get another expeditions game again and i'm so sad and angry about that disqualified <laughs> yeah but it was so good oh it was so good and then they just go they're gonna do stupid nft crap who cares like it's over anyways and it's crap and scams anyways <laughs> i'm so angry about it because it was so good yeah and they gave us like it's... one tiny little dlc with like a new class but that doesn't add any more story and i just want more stories Ugh. sorry yeah. <laughs> but what if you could write the stories fg and then sell it to other people um kiri uh <laughs> the last game on your list okay uh the last game is is a hidden gem that i found i don't think a lot of people know about it it's called lost and play um, came out in August, and it's an adventure puzzle game in beautiful, uh, kind of Studio Ghibli style, I suppose, with with funny and gorgeous animations. Oh, I saw um, a trailer for this somewhere. Yeah, so it's two children, uh, siblings, and they they go on an adventure. They're kind of stuck in their imagination, and you experience the the weirdest things. But also, it's super funny and it's beautifully animated. The puzzles aren't particularly difficult, but it's it's about the journey, and and helping them and being with them. Really, it's super super nice. Yeah, that's cute. I, I remember seeing a, a trailer for that game pop up. I can't remember where, but mm -hmm. I recommend it if you want a nice short, um, Define short a, adventure puzzle game. game. Like, sure. Yeah. Let me check how long I. No, I think it was more than that. Okay. Because it's not like three hours. It's not like short. But okay. What? Well, uh, it's a bit over six hours. But then I hunted okay. for all the achievements. Fair. Okay. So 100 percent played. Yeah. So I don't know for five hours, six hours ish. Fair enough. Game but, features. Yeah, it's it's Catch gorgeous. Catch a chicken, maybe. I'm sold. <laughs> so we have a little bit of time left i think that's everything i haven't missed anything have i no nope. no i don't think so i okay. talked about my games yeah if, if if any of us have an honorable mention just state it out loud right now over top of each other i would like to return of the upper din <laughs> against the storm how did i forget return of the upper din and now that we're, we're we're done with that i just wanted to say you know, it's, it's been a fun year i think mm -hmm. like yeah. It, I, at the very least for me, it was the first half of it was super rough. Like it's, it's been a rough year for me, it, which ended off really well. Um, I, anybody want to say anything about the whole year as a whole in kind of one sentence? It's been amazing and super exciting with so many conventions and meeting people, business meetings, special projects for me. I've not been, never been this busy in my life but it was incredible. It was personally a really stressful year um, and just some really crappy stuff happened. 
Streamwise, it was great. And I think uh, the most pivotal point was getting diagnosed with ADHD. And I think moving forward, that's really like knowing is really going to help me. That explains the cat distractions. <laughs> or just and other things, yes. <laughs> well, Jess, do either of you have anything you want to say? Yeah, it's definitely been like a year of up and downs. There's been a lot of uh, good things and many, many bad things as well. Uh, both both yeah, health-wise and mean... also our apartment kind of falling apart. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, in, in general, it's been great. Like stream-wise, I've, I've, I've definitely had a ton of fun and it's been better and better as always, yes, every year. And also the... I've tried to play a lot of games and then I forgot to play those games and I played different games that I intended this year. It has been pretty much the whole year of that. Uh, and so many games I want to go back and actually play. Yeah, I mean, there were there were a lot of great games this year. Um, Stream-wise and everything, like, this year's better than last year, but um, I think for me, it's just been a really good mental health year. That, that's, like, what stands out to me. It came a, a very long way, and I believe that was also my ADHD diagnosis, which was the end of 2021 slash early 2022. Yay for diagnosis. Yeah. Yep. Well, this has been a fun year running this podcast, and I look forward to doing this again next year. And uh, this has been a fun little kind of, I guess, restart episode for, for the new year that we're now in. And uh, look forward to recording an episode next week. But... This has been episode one of the fifth, not one, episode 51 <laughs> of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. And uh, if you would like to find more episodes of this podcast, you can find that on a podcast platform of your choice or on halcyonfrequency.com. But let's run from the top to the bottom now real quick. Tutti Kiri, where can people find you? You can find me, yes, on the internet. Ask Tutti Kiri, so you can search for that or you go to tuttikiri.com. Bellinaire, where can people find you on the internet? Bellinaire on Twitch, Bellinaire TV, everywhere else. Uh, I'm blind. You can find me at blindirl basically anywhere or stupidskull.com. FG squared, where can people find you? FG squared everywhere on the internet except on Twitter. There's a sneaky underscore between the FG and the squared. And Jess? I'm super inconsistent. <laughs> I got sneaky underscores in sneaky places, but mostly whoa, Jess, everywhere. And uh, this has been the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. We upload episodes every Sunday. Until this time next week, don't change, don't change that dial. Uh, this is Halcyon Frequency signing off. <laughs>